Hey guys, welcome to episode four of I on Sterile Processing. Today I wanted to talk about life after sterile processing. I end up posting this on Facebook, so I'm going to let you know what everybody out there is saying. I'm going to let you know what I found out on the internet and different stuff I came up with. But first, I wanted to get to some news. Um, the coronavirus is still going crazy as hell because it's all over the news. But it was interesting I found on CaliforniaHealthline.org that people are actually taking their kids out of school because of the coronavirus. If they're not taking them out, they're showing up with face masks. So that's causing a depletion in the supplies of face masks because people are using them, some people believe, unnecessarily. Also, they're suspending a Chinese student exchange program because they're worried about uh, the coronavirus. And one note is that one third of China's population is in California. Also, on Monday, what was that, February the 17th, 2020, you had a cruise ship, Diamond Prince cruise ship, that docked in the United States and it had 14 cases of infected people of the coronavirus. And they had been held in Japan for about 14 days. Now they've been flown here and they're going to be at a U.S. military to be quarantined, they're saying, for two weeks. So this is getting crazy. Also, last as far as the news go, um, they're saying, this is Kaiser Health, they're saying changing our daylight saving times, it will increase heart attacks and traffic accidents. So, you know, I think, is it in March? I think we're going to spring forward. So they're saying it's causing accidents, sleep deprivation, and all this other stuff. A lot of retailers and recreational places, they want the hours to be set where we get more daylight time so they can make more money. And it was one more article in the news I wanted to bring up. But first, let's go to a quick break and then I'll get back to that. In Wichita, Kansas, there was um, an issue with surgeries being canceled due to fear of exposure to dangerous infections, according to them. This was posted on February the 8th, 2020, and the decision was made on January the 31st. It's kind of conflicting to me because at the beginning of the article, they said that uh, their concern came after months of uncertainty over whether a new sterilization unit was operating consistently to ensure medical instruments were sterile enough to use in surgery. But then it goes on to say that staff expressed concerns about an air handling system in a room where instruments were stored. They said that something was going on with the air pressure and the air in the room being clean and not allowing contaminants into the room. But they say no patients were impacted. So what do you guys think about that? Because it's like one minute they say it was a sterilization unit that wasn't working and then on the other hand they're saying it was the air handling system that had something to do with that so i don't know let me know what you think hit me up on uh the spd podcast at gmail.com or i on spd at gmail.com or you just can find me on facebook now so what i did was as far as life after spd what i came up with was um I just did a Google search for sterilization jobs because I was looking more so into maybe industrial sterilization to see exactly where we can go. 
So when I did the search, I believe it was Indeed or something like that had picked up or pulled up a monster. And the list was the jobs that were open. Key Surgical was looking for a quality control specialist with just a medical device background. And then there was another um, company looking for a reprocessing and validation specialist. And also here, you just need a bachelor's degree in nursing or biology. There was another position called pharmaceutical sterilization advisor. Now, most of these, you either just need a background in uh, sterile processing or some of them, they want you to have an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. I tried to scroll through there and look to see if they wanted a bachelor's degree. And those are the ones I notated, you know, they wanted you to have a degree. Otherwise, it was based on experience. Um, There was another one, sterilization medical device auditor. Um, Steris was looking for an operator that, uh, to deal with ETO, Gamma, and E-Beam. Bellamed is looking for a technical training and support specialist. Stryker is looking for an entry-level product inspector. Now, like I said, only thing I was looking for, if our experience would be transferable over these positions, and they seem like they would. Another title was an INA support specialist. And I tried to look up INA. I wasn't sure what that meant, but that was working with intuitive surgical for that position. And then as I dove um, in deeper to see what else they had out there, they had food um, sterilizers, which I didn't even think about our food being sterilized. And then industrial sterilization positions that are out there. I don't know if you guys remember in Atlanta when they had that ETO leak. There was a a plant out there that was doing ETO sterilization, like big industrial sterilizing. And it was a leak in the area. So that kind of made me think about like, you know what? There are people out there doing industrial sterilizing. Also, uh, the normal path that I'm used to people going in when they're in sterile processing is either a scrub tech, a nurse. They just go into leadership as far as management, supervisor, lead tech, and stuff like that. There's a couple of people that move on to be like sales reps. So when I think of sales reps, I usually think of people working for like Stryker or Zimmer or something like that. But then you also got to think about 3M. They come to our department and they, well, the whole entire hospital don't have products to sell. You got Key Surgical, you got Kimberly Clark that are also um, representatives of different companies that you know we use their services and their products also that could be transferable over the sterile process and i didn't look directly at their websites to see but i know that they come in our department and educate us on their products that a lot of us are very familiar with using so i wanted to bring that up now when i go back to the uh the uh, facebook and look on there a lot of people are wanting to get into um being an educator, there was one lady, she said she uh, was promoted up to scheduling. Uh, a lot of people are going back to school to be a nurse. Again, people are going to be leaderships, going to be leaders in the leadership role, like supervisor. Other people aspire to be an inspector or an educator. Also, instrument repair. That's another position that a lot of us can get into. When I was in Colorado, I actually talked to a manager of um, instrument repair. They used to come out and do the instrument repair at our hospital. And I asked him, I was like, what does it take to be an instrument repair tech? And he was like, well, you already have it. You know what I mean? He's like, are you looking for a job? But at the time I wasn't. So, but I was like, okay, that's an option. We had another one of our Facebook friends out there was looking to get into uh, being just an endoscope specialist. I'm sorry, I said just, not just, but being an endoscope 
specialist. And I'm thinking that CER that Isham have is a great way to get recognized as being a, a industry leader in that field. Also, uh, we have one person aspire to be a director of materials management. Other people want to get into biomed. And then you have some people want to get into central services. So also when I was on Facebook, one person aspired to be a director of materials management. There was another interesting position. It's called pouch machine operator. This was in Pennsylvania. And they want you to have one to five years experience in either assembly or manufacturer experience. Another one is medical device packaging associate. And let's see, they want you to label finished sterile products. And all you need there is a high school diploma. And then the last one we have is a validation technician. And all you need there is a high school diploma. So it's a lot of opportunities out there for us to be transferable, to try something new, to increase our skills, and to maybe do something different. Now, the only thing now is once you find that place, what does it look like as far as getting in that application, updating your resume, and putting in that two-week notice? So that's a whole nother conversation we probably need to have in the future. If you guys have any input about that, because I would like to know, what do your resumes look like, especially when you're a traveler? And what does your resume look like when you've been in a place for a very long time? And then what is it like to put in a two-week notice? Because sometimes that doesn't go over very well with the place that you're leaving. I put in a two-week notice at a hospital, and they told me to turn in my badge at the end of the day. And I was flabbergasted. I'm like, well, why? Well, come to find out, the manager believed that once people put in a two-week notice, they start slacking. And they stop you know, putting out their best product and he just preferred them to leave before he end up having complaints behind the person who put in the two week nosy doing a lazy job. And I was like, okay, well, that's not me. You know what I mean? I calculated this that as soon as my two weeks is up, I'm falling right into that next job. And so you're going to sit up here and put me at a disadvantage by give, trying to give you a disadvantage by putting in a two-week notice. Then you have some people, they don't even put in a two-week notice. When they're out of there, they're out of there. They're like, I'm never coming back. I'm not going to use you as a reference. And I don't need this job. And they just move on to somewhere else. So I would like to know what you guys think about that. Are you putting in a two-week notice? Or are you just bouncing once you find that other job? And you also, you end up getting that offer letter and you're just out of there. And also, what are the resumes looking like? And what are you using to put together a great resume and anyways um i guess it'd be good to talk about maybe the next time interviewing interviewing in the sterile processing department Well, I want to thank you for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. I hope you find it brought value to you. And if you have any suggestions on any other future episodes, let me know. The SPD podcast at gmail.com. I on SPD at gmail.com. Or you can always find me on Facebook, either I on SPD or Solyndra Bearfield. I hope you guys have a wonderful, productive week. Peace.